Hey, are you going to ask me what's shaking? Because I'll tell you what. There was some earth shaking and quaking going on here in Matsumoto, Japan a couple of days ago. For the next half an hour or so, let's hope the only things quaking, shaking, rocking, and rolling are the English Teacher John Show, number 59, and your language learning brain cells. Welcome to the English Teacher John Show number 59. In our program, which is targeted for English learners of all abilities, we use clear and easy to understand English. Uh, we're going to call this episode the John's Lazy and He Takes Too Long to Finish Podcasts episode. <laughs> That's right. It's the Show number 59, and it's the John's Lazy, and he takes too long to finish podcast episode. I'm pretty sure that you guys can all agree with that one. Uh, after an absence of a few weeks, uh, we're back, and my name is John Coons. I am the very lazy host of the English Teacher John Show and our other video and audio podcasts. Uh, we are coming to you from our residential studio here in beautiful Matsumoto, Japan. And for today's show, we're using a new, though borrowed, Samson C01U USB condenser microphone. Does my voice sound as sweet as ever? Hmm, I don't know about that. Hey, let's quickly talk about videos. Uh, at one of our universities here in Matsumoto, we just finished making some video DVDs for use in the classroom. Are you watching videos as part of your English language learning? Do you go to YouTube or Google Video or blip.tv and watch videos in English? What do you think? Is it a good way to spend your time? Is it useful? Some people really believe that they improve their English by watching English movies or TV programs. Well, I guess the good thing is that video material in English is available around the world. It seems that Hollywood movies, American and British TV, and maybe also Australian TV programs, and, uh, and of course online video sharing sites like YouTube, well, English film and video content is just about everywhere. Uh, when you're watching and listening, uh, of course you can try to understand the English dialogue. But don't forget the value of other kinds of activities, like uh, after-viewing discussions about uh, 
maybe some issues that are raised in the video, whether it's a drama fiction film or a, or a documentary. Uh, the quality of different aspects of the film or video, the, the, the plot or the acting or the, uh, the lighting, the sound. Um, uh, you could stop the video at certain points and have a quick conversation about what may happen next. Try to guess what will happen to some of the characters or what will happen in the plot. So there are uh, lots of ways to use a video other than just using it as a, as a listening comprehension activity. So think about that. Think about some other ways you could use the video. All right, and uh, you can send me your links. You can send me links to your favorite English videos. How's that sound? All right, well, it is uh, English Teacher John show number 59, and let's take a look at today's show. We've got a full show for you today. There are five segments or five sections, or you could say five parts. Uh, first, uh, we have a news story about the big earthquake recently here in Japan. Uh, second, it's Wikipedia profile, Live Earth. And in our third segment, we talk about language. Uh, after that, there will be an idiom for you to learn about. Section number five is Podnobbin, a look at a recent English learning podcast. Not the English Teacher John Show, <laughs> another one. Uh, and finally, in section six, or segment number six, we will look at an English quotation or two. All right, let's get on with the show. What's news? Well, I don't usually like to talk about such negative things here and disasters, but uh, we had an earthquake here in Japan. Not only in Japan, it was uh, very close to where I live here in Matsumoto. Actually, uh, from the Japan Times website, which is japantimes.co.jp, their headline was, Powerful Earthquake Slams Niigata, Seven Dead and More Than 830 Injured. A severe earthquake wreaked havoc on a wide portion of Niigata Prefecture and surrounding areas Monday morning, killing seven people, injuring more than 830, and destroying 500 houses. The meteorological agency said the quake had a magnitude of 6.8 and registered a rare upper 6 on the Japanese seismic intensity scale which tops out at 7. So that is from the Japan Times. Uh, the I guess the center was in Niigata. Uh, my wife and I live in Nagano, but uh, it's not very far away. Uh, only, I guess, a couple hours drive, something like that. Not so far away. Well, let me tell you an exciting story about this earthquake. I was riding my bike uh, on this day, which started off cloudy, but soon became a pleasant sunny day. 
I like climbing hills on my bike, and that's exactly what I was out doing. Grunting and grunting, sweating and pushing, pedaling. So, there I was, deeply focused on my task of getting to the top of the hill, and of course looking forward to a nice rest at Panorama Point, where... I would read a little, eat some of the oi-nati rice and tofu rolls that I had in my bag. Well, anyway, I wasn't there yet. Still a few more minutes of climbing. And then, right at 10.13 a.m. Japan time, just this last Monday, just yesterday, yes, in this land of restless tectonic plates, well... Nothing. I didn't feel anything. Nothing at all. Nothing. In fact, I didn't even know there had been an earthquake until my wife told me about it later. Uh, Later that day in the afternoon, though, an aftershock came, and my house here, our house, made some creaking noises, and uh, I, I experienced that. Uh, probably, I, I think I heard it more than I felt it, uh, the aftershocks. Yeah, so though I didn't really experience the earthquake, um, many people did, and uh, especially uh, people here in Matsumoto and all the way over in Tokyo, which is uh, further away from the center. Uh, some people died. I think um, I think nine people died. The news story said seven, but I think nine people died. And many, many people have been injured. Uh, a lot of houses and other buildings have been destroyed. So let's hope that people recover from their losses and that the suffering doesn't last too long. All right, well, that's it for our... What's news? Earthquake story. Now let's move on to seven 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 and live Earth. Coming up next on our Wikipedia profile segment. Yes, it's time for our Wikipedia profile. Today we'll talk about 777, (laughs) July 7th, 2007, which just happened, and the Live Earth Concerts. Okay, well, this is from the Wikipedia website, and that's en.wikipedia.org slash wiki slash live underscore earth and the l in live is a capital l all right well that's the link and now let's read from the wikipedia site live earth was a series of worldwide concerts held on july 7th 2007 that initiated a three-year campaign to combat climate change and advocate environmentally sustainable living The concerts brought together more than 150 musical acts in 11 locations around the world 
and were broadcast to a mass global audience through radio, television, and the Internet. The umbrella organization for the event was Save Ourselves, or SOS, founded by Kevin Wall and included major partners such as former U.S. Vice President Al Gore, uh, the Alliance for Climate, Pro- Climate Protection, MSN, which is, I guess, Microsoft Network, and Control Room, the production company which produced the event. The logo for the event was the Morse code distress signal, and that's the SOS. The worldwide producer of talent and programming for all of the events was Aaron Groski. Unlike the similar Live Aid concerts, which were free, Live Earth charged admission, but the event was made broadly available via television and the internet. The event set a new record for online entertainment by generating more than 9 million streams, while its television ratings were characterized as a flop in terms of programming for BBC One. During the Live Earth concerts, people were asked to support the following seven-point pledge. Number one, to demand that my country join an international treaty within the next two years that cuts global warming pollution by 90% in developed countries and by more than half worldwide in time for the next generation to inherit a healthy earth. Number two, to take personal action to help solve the climate crisis by reducing my own CO2 pollution as much as I can, and offsetting the rest to become carbon neutral. Number three of the pledge, to fight for a moratorium on the construction of any new generating facility that burns coal without the capacity to safely trap and store the CO2. Number four, to work for a dramatic increase in the energy efficiency of my home workplace, school, place of worship, and means of transportation. Number five, to fight for laws and policies that expand the use of renewable energy sources and reduce dependence on oil and coal. Number six, to plant new trees and to join with others in preserving and protecting forests. And finally, number seven, to buy from businesses and support leaders who share my commitment to solving the climate crisis and building a sustainable, just, and prosperous world for the 21st century. The concerts were held on all seven continents. In Johannesburg, South Africa, New York and Washington, D.C. in the U.S., Rio de Janeiro in Brazil, Tokyo and Kyoto in Japan, Shanghai, China, Sydney, Australia, London, England, uh, in Hamburg, Germany, and interestingly, in the British Antarctic Territory, Antarctica. Okay, well, that's Live Earth, and that's our uh, Wikipedia profile. Next, we've got a short language lesson for you. 
You are listening to, and I hope learning from, the English Teacher John Show. Yep, it's time for the language segment, and you may hear the wind in the background there. Uh, the wind has kicked up, and uh, I'm leaving the, the windows open and the doors open here. So you may hear a little, uh, some wind chimes there and some wind howling in the background. Uh, language, be used to something, get used to something. Well, I live in Japan, and things are a little different than they are in the U.S., which is where I'm from. Uh, I also lived many years in India, and I have to say that life in Japan is very different from life uh, in both the U.S. and India. Uh, I had to get used to many things in Japan. Get used to. G-E-T space U-S-E-D. Uh, at first... Some things felt different and even a little uncomfortable. But now, I'm used to many of them. I'm used to it. I'm used to them. For example, I'm used to eating rice all the time. I am getting used to the Japanese school year, which starts in April and ends in March. I'm not quite used to being polite and so formal all of the time. So, be used to something and get used to something. It means to become familiar with something that at first feels strange or different, but then it starts to feel comfortable and normal. You're getting used to it, or you are used to it. Ding, 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 ding. This is different than used to, as in my father and I used to go boating together every weekend. So that is a different language structure with a different meaning. Today we are talking about be used to and get used to, to mean become uh, familiar with or uh, when something becomes comfortable for you. At first, it's strange or different, and now it's comfortable. You have gotten used to it. You are used to it. Uh, so here are some more examples. Uh, in Japan, people eat a lot of rice. I am used to it now. But in the beginning, it was strange for me. She is getting used to driving on the left side of the road. I don't know if I'll ever get used to all of the comics and animated movies everywhere all the time here in Japan. I don't think I'll ever get used to all of the comics. In Japanese, comics and comic books are called manga, M-A-N-G-A. All right, how about this one? Um, you might like this. Uh, this example uses both meanings of the language structure used to. 
Hey, the English Teacher John Show podcast used to come out once a week. Yeah, I know. But I'm getting used to it being so irregular these days. I'm getting used to John's laziness with the podcast. Hey, everyone. Sorry about that. Hey, what is that flying so low? Oh no, watch out. Here comes today's idiom. Yep, it's idiom time. And I think we have a couple of good ones for you today. And both have the word stick. S-T-I-C-K. Okay, our first idiom is short end of the stick. The short end of the stick. You guys just have to hammer in a few nails. But my chore is to clean all of the floors. I think I got the short end of the stick. The short end of the stick. Yeah, it means to suffer some bad effects of a situation, uh, especially when compared with the effects on other people. Uh, You received something that was less desirable Or you were affected more negatively than someone else. You got the short end of the stick. Everyone got a big piece of cake. Chocolate cake. But I could only get a tiny piece. I got the short end of the stick. Our second idiom today is stick up for someone or something. To stick up for someone or to stick up for something. You're the one, you're the only one who supported me when the whole family thought I was wrong. Thanks for sticking up for me. Thanks for sticking up for me. It means thanks for supporting me. Thanks for defending me. Uh, When you stick up for someone, you support them or defend them. And usually we use this when a a large or small group of people are uh, criticizing someone or criticizing an idea or policy. So you can stick up for a person You can stick up for an idea or policy or belief. And we can also use it in the negative. Nope, sorry, but I can't stick up for you this time. You're on your own. Nope, sorry, but I can't stick up for you this time. You are on your own. Two, three, four...
Okay, let's do some podnobbing. Hey, wait a minute. What's podnobbing? In this part of the show, we take a look at a recent podcast episode. <laughs> Not the English Teacher John show, another one. And usually it's a podcast specifically for English learners. Okay, here we go. Uh, I found a podcast called Splendid Speaking. That's S-P-L-E-N-D-I-D. Speaking uh, at SplendidSpeaking.com. And the episode is called Using Anecdotes. Using Anecdotes to Make a Point. In this episode, uh, neither of the speakers is a, is a native English speaker. Uh, one is from Romania and the other is French. So um, I think it's not too difficult to understand, especially since they are non-native speakers. And probably they are speaking more slowly and with uh, probably a more limited vocabulary. Uh, they are talking about museum policies and services. And uh, I think there's some pretty good language in this podcast. Uh, the duration is about 11 minutes. All right. Well, that's uh, Splendid Speaking at SplendidSpeaking.com. And the uh, podcast is called Using Anecdotes to Make a Point. All right. Well, that's it. Uh, you can find these Podnobbin podcasts uh, on our... Uh, you can find the links to the, pod, the Podnobbin podcasts on our website at EnglishTeacherJohn.com. All right. Well, next up, it's uh, some famous or maybe not so famous quotations. I think you guys know that I regularly listen to a podcast that's called Science Friday. And that's at sciencefriday.com. Well, they recently did uh, a discussion about Albert Einstein. So I thought I'd include some of his quotations in today's show. Uh, first, Albert Einstein was born in Germany on March 14, 1879. And he died on April 18, 1955. He was a uh, German-born, obviously, a German-born theoretical physicist and uh, best known for his theory of relativity. Uh, I think Einstein had a fair amount of creative and insightful quotes uh, as I looked uh, at all of the different ones I could find. Uh, for example, he said, Any intelligent fool can make things bigger, more complex, and more violent. It takes a touch of genius and a lot of courage to move in the opposite direction. Any intelligent fool can make things bigger, more complex, and more violent. It takes a touch of genius and a lot of courage to move in the opposite direction. And how about this Einstein quote? 
I know not with what weapons World War III will be fought, but World War IV will be fought with sticks and stones. Kind of ominous. I know not with what weapons World War III will be fought, but World War IV will be fought with sticks and stones. Okay, well, as I am in the education field, uh, I thought this one was interesting. Uh, The only thing that interferes with my learning is my education. (laughs) The only thing that interferes with my learning is my education. And finally, anyone who has never made a mistake has never tried anything new. Anyone who has never made a mistake has never tried anything new. Well, that is it for Albert Einstein and our quotation segment. Uh, you can find English quotations at a lot of places. Uh, I, I can recommend a few. Uh, Bartleby.com, and that's a B-A-R-T-L-E-B-Y. Bartleby.com slash quotations. Uh, also, BrainyQuote.com, B-R-A-I-N-Y-Q-U-O-T-E, BrainyQuote.com. Also, uh, QuotationsPage.com and ThinkExist.com. That's T-H-I-N-K-E-X-I-S-T.com. Well, I think we've reached that point. I think it's about time to wrap up this episode number 59. Uh, You can find our blog, all of our video, yes, some videos and audio podcasts, some transcripts, uh, other language help, and more at our always a work in progress website, EnglishTeacherJohn.com. Uh, Please be aware that we do not have transcripts available for all episodes. Not yet, at least. Our email address is podcast at EnglishTeacherJohn.com. Also, you can leave us a voicemail message on Skype at uh, Skype ID EnglishTeacherJohn. And... uh, Lately, the email has been pretty difficult to sort out. Uh, we get uh, a lot of spam, spam, spam. So uh, I apologize if you have sent email and you haven't heard anything. It's been pretty difficult uh, filtering through the spam in the uh, podcast at EnglishTeacherJohn.com account. Uh, hey, Have you checked out our Africa safari photos? Yes, vivid memories from Tanzania's Serengeti National Park and Kenya's Masai Mara. They are on our Flickr page, and that's uh, Flickr, F-L-I-C-K-R, flickr.com slash photos slash English teacher John. Okay, well, thanks as always to Martin Chennault, our music man, and I was lucky enough to have a nice cafe, uh, and some, spend some nice time at the cafe with Martin yesterday. He popped by. We were sitting there, and I was sitting there, and he showed up, and I think we talked for a couple hours. So uh, 
Thank you, Martin, for providing some nice music for the podcast. Uh, Martin's uh, MySpace page. You can check out Martin Chenal, M-A-R-T-I-N space C-H-E-N-H-A-L-L. Um, and that's on MySpace.com. Thanks to all of you for listening to the English Teacher John Show. My name is John Coons on this rainy Friday afternoon. Have a great week. Stayed with me forever